You're listening to Liberty USA, sponsored by County Citizens Defending Freedom. You as an American have freedom in your DNA, and we are here to help educate, empower, and encourage you to stand for your freedom. All right, County Citizens, today we're back with another episode, and today I'm with Kathy. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes. So you wrote the book Rules for Deplorables. So first, I want to kind of talk about that. Can you give us a little summary? Well, sure. Um, I actually wrote this as a counter Mm -hmm. to Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, which you happen to have. And uh, the Rules for Radicals really is the Bible of the left, which a lot of people don't realize that, but it was written by Saul Alinsky back in 1971. Um, And um, a lot of conservatives have no clue what tactics Saul Alinsky uses in his book that the left uses daily against conservatives. And so um, what I did is wrote basically a counter to his book using every one of his tactics. He's got 13 of them in his book. Uh, and I open a chapter up with each one by using current events to explain how they're used on an everyday basis. Mm-hmm. So what's different from mine, because other people really have written about Sololinsky in the past, um, but what I've done is combine the Cloward Piven strategies which Cloward Piven, a lot of people don't know, was a, a sociology uh, professor. They were a married couple um, at Columbia University back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And they they really worked in tandem with Saul Alinsky. Mm-hmm. And what they came out with was a series of strategy papers that were all designed to transform our country to socialism, but really truthfully all the way to communism. And so I like to say that the strategies that uh, uh, Cloward Piven devised were really a blueprint for transforming our country, where Saul Alinsky's tactics were the vehicle by which to get us there, because he was all about transforming our country as well. In fact, Hillary Clinton wrote her thesis in college on the man, Saul Alinsky. So he's her idol as well as uh, former President Barack Obama's. So let's rewind just a little bit. You grew up in a military home, a very Mm -hmm. patriotic. Uh, So can you tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll pivot? Yes, I did. Uh, We, uh, I was born in Germany along with my two sisters, and I'm German. You are Mm -hmm. okay. There you go. We already have something in common. Well, um, my father was uh, a retired lieutenant colonel, eventually. He was also a Vietnam um, War veteran, Mm -hmm. uh, helicopter pilot, and he was super, super strict. And I, being the middle child, Mm -hmm. uh, rebelled greatly against that and (laughs) actually ended up leaving home when I was 17 because I just couldn't abide by rules And um, so it's kind of ironic that I would actually end up writing a book of rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, so I I really, um, uh, I I just had to get out of that whole situation. So I left. We we actually were were living in uh, Alexandria, Virginia at the time. That's where I mainly grew up after the military service kind of um, calmed down a little bit. But by 17 years old, I was out of the house. And then I ended up moving clear across the country to left coast California uh, and lived there for about 15 years. 
So you said that you kind of got indoctrinated. I'm using kind of slightly, right? Uh, so what extent did the indoctrination you described go to? Well, I, I, I don't remember saying I kind of, uh, because there's no kind of to it. I was a flaming liberal. That's how indoctrinated I became. Really? Um, I was like an open sponge, you know. I mean, I got there in my early 20s. Um, and, um, and so uh, I think the left and, and Democrats, but, but more the left, um, really can uh, kind of identify who is just prime for them mm -hmm. to, to grab a hold of and take over. Um, and that's really what happened to me. And I, I, I do like to say, Lindsay, that, um, there is a huge difference between liberals and the left, Liberals are not quite so diabolical and and um, and evil. The left mm -hmm. is pure evil, um, but liberals are kind of useful idiots. And I can say that because I was a flaming liberal and I was a useful idiot um, because I didn't uh, really understand how they were using me to further their mm -hmm. goals. So, being conservative, what was like kind of the first things that got in your head to change your viewpoint? I really just liked being a free bird, um, and um, you know, because you have to remember this was back in the '70s and not so far off from Woodstock and uh, the hippie days. Um, and so I, um, you know, I just, I was just, I was just so free. I felt like I had gotten out from under uh, somebody else's control and I could do anything I wanted. And um, that's one thing that the, uh, the Democrats and the left and liberals are very good at, uh, at doing is just letting people do whatever they want, no matter if it, if it hurts society or other people, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. It's like, um, and so that's, that, that was really it, the freedom. What, I'm just <clears throat> curious, what was one of like your main passion points when you were more liberal? Like what was something that you were like uh, completely gung-ho on? Um, I would have to say that would be abortion. Really? Uh, oh, definitely, yes. Um, I felt like everybody should be able to make their own choice. Um, and, um, and so, I mean, I was actually a protester outside of abortion clinics. So, um, yeah. So what, what kind of made you change your mind from being more conservative to then being liberal to then going back to being conservative? Well, I actually ended up, um, falling in love with a man. <laughs> Doesn't that change our lives, uh, as women, um, often, <laughs> Um, and a lot of your audience would probably recognize his name, H. Ross Perot. Mm -hmm. And um, all of a sudden, I don't know, it's like people say about the red pill. That's when I got red pilled in 1992, and I really just so woke up. You know, when you're, when you're in an environment like California and mm -hmm. Los Angeles, which is where I mainly uh, uh, lived uh, for that number of years, you end up <clears throat> um, being in a bubble, all you hear is affirmations of what the leftists believe and, and liberals believe. And so, so there is no counterpoint. There is no other way of thinking. You're just not open to any kind of counter thinking. And that's where I found myself. And so when I, um, when I, uh, all of a sudden when H. Ross Perot entered the political scene and, you know, he was an independent really, he, he, and, and he, his whole message was so different than I, I never liked Reagan. I never liked, uh, uh, H.R. Uh, H.W. Bush. 
Um, then, mm-hmm. um, and I'm, I'm still not crazy about H. W. Bush, but, um, but I love Reagan now. So, uh, so, but that, but back then that was just too far of a shift for me to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, but, but H. Ross Perot just made so much sense. What were some of the things that he would say that got you thinking? Um, for example, just his ideology on financial, you know, even back then, the the, uh, the main complaint was, my God, we can't, can't keep spending like this. It's ridiculous. Um, we, we can't sustain this on long term. And uh, so nothing th- like today, right? We're not facing any precisely of that. right spending, spending, spending to other countries at all, right? Well, you know, uh, if we had listened to him, um, and to this day, I believe he won more than the eighteen percent that that's, that it, that the uh, pollsters say he 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 got of the vote uh, back in ninety two uh, and ninety six. He also uh, tried running, but. Um, and I'm trying to think, but I was actually on his campaign. I actually was a volunteer on his campaign. That's how much I believed in him. But he just had a, such a no-nonsensical uh, way of talking where I saw both other sides just talking kind of politically. He, he, was, mm-hmm. he wasn't a, pol- a, po- a politician, mm-hmm. and it was very obvious listening to him. He made lots of charts, too. Yes, he did. Were they all financial charts, or did they include other things, too? I, You know, you're jogging my memory now, and they're, they're great questions, though. Um, I'm pretty sure they were other things, because I'm not a real financial guru, so um, I'm sure he made sense out of things like uh, immigration mm-hmm. and uh, just stuff back, even back then, that, that were the... This, the, the beginning of the seeds of a big problem coming. And it just seemed to me that uh, we were doing things all wrong in this country and he had good solutions. Mm-hmm. So then you were working in construction and you said that you had one day that you will never forget. What is that day? <laughs> well, and just to recap that on H. Ross Pro, he's the one who got me from switching parties from Democrat to independent, mm-hmm. which I remained then till many years later. Um, but I moved here uh, to Florida 25 years ago. Okay, that was 19. 1995. Um, and um, I got into uh, remodeling because I started buying fixer uppers. And, and then I just fell in love with doing that kind of stuff and using tools and everything. And, um, and so I ended up um, uh, starting up an all girl construction company. You didn't know that. See, I got you on something. I had the pink pickup trucks, um, and I had 19 girls on payroll. I called it tool time and baby dolls. Uh, but um, but then then I went off on my own because that was during the housing bubble and everything kind of burst. Um, and I was inspecting roofs after a hurricane. This one was Irma back in 2017, and I was out at uh, 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 Kissimmee area and I climbed up like I had so many times before 10 feet up my ladder to inspect a roof and my ladder just shifted and I had to let go and I fell backwards on a concrete slab broke my back in two places broke both wrists um, and then got life-threatening DVTs which are are, our blood clots Um, and at that time the doctor said that's it you're finished Um, I was 62 years old um, and it was really very frightening because I was really coming up on retirement, you know, and now I had to shift everything. I lost everything, everything, my business, um, and all. And so, um, I was, uh, laying in the hospital bed recovering, just watching Fox news over and over again and how, how the left was and the Democrats were treating 
uh, President Trump. And it was just getting me so fired up because I knew that the tactics that were being used against him were all written in Rules for Radicals mm-hmm. by Saul Alinsky. So that kind of is where my whole career started shifting. Mm-hmm. So then you write your book. How long did it take you to write that? Well, and imagine I had two broken wrists too. So that, that part was not easy in and of itself. Right. <laughs> um, I started uh, writing that in June, finished and had it published um, on, and on Amazon by uh, February of the following year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so impressive. six months or so. Well, all I had to do was, you know, lay around. So mm-hmm. I was, <laughs> I was kind of very focused. Mm-hmm. Um, but I realized that a counter to rules for radical was desperately needed. Um, and uh, writing has always been a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed like a natural thing to do. But I spent more time researching um, for the 400 footnotes that are in my book, then I actually did the writing um, mm-hmm. because I knew that the left was going to come after me. And I wanted to make sure that all my I's were dotted, my T's were crossed. Um, so uh, that was the whole idea behind the book. Never in a million years did I imagine that it was going to take off like it did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, once I had it published, then it just seemed like the natural um, audience was going to be conservatives or independents, uh, moderate, more moderate type thinkers. Mm-hmm. I knew that uh, the left was going to attack it and that liberals were going to be too close-minded. There's, you know, I, w- I was close-minded myself. That's why I don't judge liberals. Um, I don't judge Democrats. I understand that everybody has to come to uh, their own truth and their own conclusion in their own time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was hoping that the message in my book would help uh, people really see what was actually going on. Mm-hmm. So for our listeners, can you give an example out of your book for maybe a tease so that they can buy it? Well, yes. Okay, for example, um, uh, out of the 13 tactics, I will tell you the most common tactic that's being used against uh, our country really as a whole is tactic number five ridicule is man's most potent weapon Mm -hmm. and that gets used against us all the time so basically uh, when Trump for example was called a homophobe xenophobe racist sexist Mm -hmm. all those things the left really didn't believe that he was that. After all, they were all best golfing buddies years before, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so if we understand that that tactic is being used to basically isolate the target, which was Trump, um, and um, and 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 to destroy lives. Um, then we can much better understand when it's being used, so we don't fall victim to. Uh, to what they're trying to make us think so that we can more think for ourselves. But chapter two is where I think your audience will get a huge benefit, and that is called Viva la Revolution. And that is all about Venezuela Mm -hmm. and how Venezuela uh, went from being the richest country in Latin America to now the poorest within a short, really eight-year span Um, and there was no turning back. There's no salvation now. There's no saving it. Those people will never have freedom again, and they really started off 
with a stolen election mm-hmm. um, by Dominion machines. Mm-hmm. So that's a surprise to a lot of people. But um, but I, I follow kind of how they started deteriorating um, from the moment of that stolen election that they had. And also, um, I mean, so that we can look out for those things occurring because, look, they were offered a bunch of free stuff, and that's usually the carrot that the left mm-hmm. dangles in front of voters' uh, heads. And, um, and, and now, uh, they, when, when they were um, uh, allowed or promised free medical, for example, now their hospitals are all closed because they have no electricity. You look at some of the baby wards in there, and these babies are being put into cardboard boxes. I mean, this is horrific, and this is the trend we are following if we don't wake up. Mm-hmm. And how can our listeners find and buy your book? Okay, well, Where? there's a couple different ways. Okay. Um, it is available on Amazon, but also uh, at almost every major bookstore online, Barnes & Noble, uh, Target. Um, yeah, and, and it, by the way, about a year year ago, it reached number 14 on Amazon's top 25 bestseller as um, in politics. So that was about the time it started really becoming noticed, and then Amazon censored me. <laughs> So um, you can still buy it on Amazon, but a sign will pop up that says this seller only allows one book per customer. That's how they they censor um, authors. Great. Well, thank you, Kathy. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Liberty USA, sponsored by County Citizens Defending Freedom. Give us a like or drop a comment, follow us on social media, and share with your friends. If you liked what you heard, support our mission in empowering American citizens to defend their freedoms and liberty at the local level. Learn more and fund your freedom today by donating at ccdfusa.com. Remember, freedom is in your DNA.